Can we do it? Yes. All right. Absolutely. It's time for the August 16th, 2013 edition of Weekly Signals Weekly Review, an interpretive guide to current events broadcasting from the campus of the University of California at Irvine at an undisclosed location in the backyard of KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. Yeah. This is crazy, man. Mm-hmm. How about up in those buttons over there? Mahler. Mm-hmm. Mahler, Mahler, Mahler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeez. You know, I don't know if you noticed, Mike, in, in all this confusion here at the station with, yes. our, with our double voices. Mm-hmm. See, they don't hear it out in the real world, but we hear it here in the station, mm-hmm. which is not the real world. No, it's not real. We're hearing two voices all yeah. the time. Yeah. It's an echo. They increasingly damaging echo chamber to my psyche. <laughs> it but is I, tough. But oh. in spite of all that, yes. have you noticed that Mahler is wearing that lion costume? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. what that is. Yeah. I wasn't quite sure. Okay. Yeah, Mahler. Oh, what? yeah. Well, what? that doesn't sound like a lion, Mahler. Not much of a lion. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. But he, he's, <laughs> he's, he's done this to point out that uh, a Chinese zoo. Uh-huh. You hear about this? Yeah. Mm. A Chinese zoo was exposed for fraud when an African lion on exhibit turned out to be a dog. That's right, Molly. Yeah. Yeah. N- that, this is the People's Park Zoo in the central province of Henan. Yeah. yeah. Well, Henan. she's pretty upset about it. Yeah. yeah. was busted when a customer pointed out that the animal in the cage labeled African lion was barking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you're going to the zoo. It says African lion. You look up. Yeah. And it just doesn't look right. No, no, And then it starts barking. You know, something's crazy. The beast was, in fact, a Tibetan mastiff, Mm -hmm. a large and long haired breed of dog that really doesn't look like a lion. Mm -hmm. But I I guess. You know what? The funny thing is, it looks. China, it it might. Yeah. And it, well, uh, when I saw the photo, it looked more like. Bert Lahr from The yeah, Wizard of Oz. it did look like Bert Lahr. From, yeah. Than it did a, a real lion, so. Was he the heart guy? No, he was the lion. He was. But looked, he was a heart. Wait, courage. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, he was courage. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I saw the photo, and it's, it's funny. It's actually funny, so. Actually funny. It was. As opposed to that fake Well, I mean, as opposed to, oh, that could be a lion. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was like, funny. Yeah, it you wasn't really a lion at all. It wasn't even close. Yeah. Yeah. Also, in the world of animals, Mm -hmm. in the world of animals, in a world, yeah, 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 yeah. a new mammal species has been confirmed by scientists. The Olinguito, Mm -hmm. described as a cross between a house cat and a teddy bear. I don't know what a teddy bear is. House cat and a teddy bear. It's cute is what they're trying to say. Scientists are at a loss for words when it comes to cuteness. Well... Anyway, it's the first new carnivorous mammal identified in the Western Hemisphere in 35 years. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Researchers first spotted the critter. This is, this is the copy desk at, uh, at NBC News. They used the word critter. Critter. Yeah. On a trip to Ecuador in 2006. So they've spotted this thing like seven years ago, mm-hmm. but it's taken seven years to determine genetically how distinct it really was from the other furry mammals it resembles. So, so a bit raccoon. A bit raccoon. A little yes. bit rock and roll. I just heard about this, yeah. actually, before you mentioned it here on Weekly Signals. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a new roadkill, basically. We have a new kind of roadkill. Yeah. In Ecuador. In Ecuador. Yeah. yeah, that's nice. Two more serious news, Mike. Yes. Egypt's political crisis is growing. 
You know about that. Mm-hmm. You don't s- want to talk about it? No, it's pretty serious. It's yeah. All. I mean, I'm just bemoaning the fact that this is just... Yeah, the deadliest violence since the Egyptian revolution happened in 2011. At least 525 people were killed and more than 3,500 people wounded on Wednesday in government raids on protest encampments filled with supporters of ousted President Mohamed Morsi in Cairo. Mm -hmm. Police and troops used bulldozers. They were using bulldozers when people were like laying on the street. I know. They were doing nasty stuff. Uh, and uh, tear gas, live ammunition to clear out the two sit-ins there. Makeshift clinics were overrun with dead and wounded. Members of the Muslim Brotherhood responded to this by storming and torching police stations. 43 police officers were reportedly killed. Three journalists also died in Wednesday's violence. This is uh, Egypt's army-installed government declared a month-long state of emergency mm-hmm. after they blew things up. And after they caused the, the state of emergency and imposed a dusk-to-dawn curfew on the capital of Cairo and 10 other provinces, the move came shortly after it installed, the uh, military installed 25 provincial governors, including 19 military generals and two loyalists of ousted dictator Hosni Mubarak. Yeah. Yeah, and the interim vice president, Mohamed el Baradei, a Nobel Peace Laureate, resigned after Wednesday's Massacre, I guess you could call it. Yeah. They call it a crackdown here in the news. But, it's a massacre. Yeah. Uh, he, he said that the conflict could have been resolved by peaceful means. Yeah, and he, he, he also made a, a statement to the effect that you will, this will end, this will end badly and you will remember my words. Something to the effect that when we look at this, yeah. hence, down the road. By the way, the, the United States is affected by this how? Well, because we're seen as one of the primary backers of the Egyptian military, and the Egyptian military are the ones who are driving this crackdown. And uh, so that's going to hurt us uh, considerably moving forward in terms of our impact on this crisis. And I don't know if it's too early to start talking about a possible civil war within Egypt, which would be catastrophic for the United States' interest in the Middle East, but... um, I don't know how far away we are from it, but it seems that we could be moving in that direction. So, yeah. Yep. Tragically. Yep. Very tragically. This is maybe the most stable Arab country, at least from our perspective, in the most stable Arab country in the in the region, and for it to be in this state right now is very, very troubling. Yeah, it throws the Middle East all helter skelter for us. This is the most populous of all of the Arab states. So it's over ninety million people live there. It's considered really kind of the linchpin of the, what we consider the modern Middle East, and uh, I mean there are there are some problems, and just it's, we'll see how it goes. We just have to continue to move forward. Yeah, yeah. So, are we okay now with the headphones? All right. Mexico's president proposed a historic shift in the country's state-run oil industry. Yeah. Yeah potentially paving the way for foreign multinationals to gain a share of the profits from Mexico's oil. In an address Monday, President Enrique Peña Nieto proposed letting private firms enter profit-sharing contracts with Mexico to drill for oil and gas. Mm -hmm. This is kind of turning things all topsy-turvy there. Mm -hmm. You're going from a uh, a state-owned oil company into... um, Someone some, selling off to British Petroleum, really. Yeah. It changes the whole dynamic there in Mexico. The shift would require changes to Mexico's constitution, but 
Peña Nieto insisted it would not amount to privatization. I say to him, poppycock. Yeah, poppycock, yes, absolutely. Speaking of other oil. Yeah, you got other oil? Well, Ecuador has dropped its plan, uh, has dropped plans to preserve swaths of the Amazon rainforest from oil drilling by having wealthy countries pay them not to drill. Yeah. So, um... So the world has failed us. This is according to Rafael Correa, the president of The world Ecuador. has failed us? He said nearly half of all the oil produced in Ecuador goes to the United States. So they are in the midst of trying to preserve parts of the Amazon from oil drilling, and so they're buying it up, essentially, and preserving it from further development. So there's another side of the oil story. Wow. When are we going to – at some point, are we going to just stop doing this? With oil. Is there any part of oil that isn't destructive? Other than we put it in our car and we drive around. I know what you're going to say about until we, until until we, we assassinate dis- yeah. Jerry Seinfeld, uh, the oil problem will not be. Until resolved. we what? Say it again? Assassinate Jerry Seinfeld. Okay. Yeah. Because he's driving around with comedians in his car? That's, yeah. 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 He's he's stuff encouraged. like that. And he has this kind of arrogant attitude of, you know, I like gas. Is that what he says? Yeah, oh, okay. and, and, you know, I'm like an alcoholic, you know, let's just... I need gas. Okay. Use it well, until it's done. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, screw you, Jerry. Yeah, that's disappointing. Ah. The United States reopened 18 of 19 diplomatic posts in the Middle East and Africa that were shuttered for the past week due to an alleged al-Qaeda threat. This is just a little update yeah. for all that excitement we went through. Yeah, we emptied all those, uh, those uh, embassies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, okay, give me the update. U.S. Embassy in Yemen will remain closed, as will the consulate in Lahore, Pakistan, which was closed late last week due to an unrelated threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, do you think, a, what do you it. think? Do you Nothing think that was just, well, that was kind of pumped no up idea. to, to dis- distract people from the whole snow? Speculation is the enemy of calm. Ramp, I ramp can't, it. I can't imagine that the United sta- States would do it. anything no, they would that never would do that. Okay. lie to us just to, just to profit, distract us. to make us think that maybe we really need to... Uh, our internet completely monitored by the NSA. I, every I can't imagine. Every it. keystroke. Yeah. yeah. Israel released the first wave of Palestinian prisoners under a U.S. broker deal to resume peace talks with the Palestinian Authority. On Tuesday, 26 inmates were returned home to the West Bank and Gaza, about one quarter of the total set to receive their freedom. Most have been behind bars for two decades. Two Two decades. Mm-hmm. The peace talks continue in Jerusalem after their launch in Washington last month. But on the eve of the new sessions and just hours before the prisoners' release, the Israeli government announced yet another new round of settlement construction in the occupied West Bank. Oh, that's going to help out. Matters yeah. Oh, in the yeah. Talk, that's, right? that's... Let's talk. And meanwhile, we're going to make it very uncomfortable for us to talk about anything because we're going to do exactly what you don't want us to do. Yeah, for the next 90 days. At yeah. le- you know, really just rub their noses in this while you're, you're trying to negotiate some sort of a settlement. Yeah. That's- 900 settlement homes were approved near the Palestinian town of Beit Jala. This comes on top of the 1,200 settlement units approved on Sunday. So they just keep approving these settlements, even though that's the one of the main issues of settlement on the West Bank. I, I will strongly recommend people who are really interested in this issue and w- where it's going and how it unfolded from the very beginning of the uh, Israeli occupation of Palestine. Go see a movie called, it's a documentary called The Law in These Parts. And there is a tangential sort of legal 
principle that they seized on, the Israelis seized on, in order to continue to do this. It, it's just a thinly veiled way of getting around what is international law, which is the Israelis should not be doing this. They are an occupying force, and they are territorial. What am I trying to say? They're cannibalizing the territory that the once was once Palestine. Yeah. That's so. So see it. You'll understand better what's going on. Excellent. I'll do that right now. Okay. Okay, bye. See ya. In Zhongli, South Sudan, 328 people were reported to have been killed during two weeks of fighting between the army, rebel soldiers, and rival tribes. In Kanduga, Nigeria, suspected members of Boko Haram shot and killed 44 people while they prayed at a mosque. In Nangahar province, Afghanistan, a, re- a remote-controlled bomb killed seven women and seven children as they visited the gravesite of a family member. And in Qatar, Pakistan, a suicide bombing at a police officer's funeral killed at least 30 people. Well... Nathan, thank, my, thank my you for up report. thank you for our cavalcade of destruction. Uh, uh, that report, always, and just always welcome to, to uh, kind of bring the mood up a little bit. Yeah. Climate change is set to trigger more frequent and severe heat waves in the next thirty years, regardless of the amount of carbon dioxide we emit into the atmosphere. In other words, we're screwed right now. The, the, the cake is baked, is what yeah, you're telling me. Yeah, the cake is baked. Yeah, yeah. Okay. A new study has shown that this is what's going to happen. Now, we don't know for certain. It's a new study. What do they know about it? What do scientists know about yeah. modeling and, yeah. and data <laughs> and that kind of stuff? I mean, really, joke. that's crazy. Come on. Extreme heat waves such as those that hit the U.S. in 2012 and Australia in 2009, dubbed Three Sigma events by the researchers, are projected to cover double the amount of global land in just six years and quadruple by 2040 that's that's, you know that's a lot of places meanwhile more severe summer heat waves which are classified as as five sigma events in other words that's pretty much the top okay you know if you're setting records right now a heat wave would be like above any sort of daily record that you would have for heat it's like it's it's topping out there okay more than you'd ever expect so These will be- go from essentially being absent yeah. in the present day to covering about 3% of the global land surface by 2040. Oh, my God. So we're going to have a lot, of, a lot of heat in our future no matter what we do. Okay. And that's not good. No. No, it's not. I mean, you know, heat, one thing, it's not like you're going to you know, really enjoy your tan when you're not being fed because the crops aren't surviving that's, and the, and the species are dying off and, yeah. and the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole ecosystem's gone to hell. You're not going to be saying surfs up. Yeah, for those who think you can flip on the air conditioner and hang out, you know, yeah. uh, no, no, no. You're just as Nathan said, the crops, our ability to grow crops, will yeah. be impacted by this. Our ability to refrigerate crops are going, is going to be, you know, we're, we're going to lose a lot. Our ability to survive will be impacted. There you go. And just on an upbeat note, a 69-year-old Englishwoman named Penny Freeman and her brother were trapped in their home for four days by a family of seagulls that pecked on their windows and vomited on them when they tried to leave. Okay. Sounds like something that Mahler might have been involved in to Uh me. Just has a feel like maybe he had something. Mahler feel. Where is is that I don't know where he is. Where does he run (laughs) off to? You know, I think he's finally got... He looks like... I can't Uh, tell from here, but I think he took off that ridiculous lion costume. I don't know. Thank you for that. He left the mane on. There he is. (laughs) There he is. Okay. sweetheart. (laughs) Do you have any more international news? Uh, Let's see. 
you are so – well, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Central African Republic only because it's already oh, considered yeah. to be one of the most unstable countries on the planet. Yeah. The U.N. is reporting uh, that an unstable political environment and a growing humanitarian crisis is pushing the Central African Republic to the brink of collapse. It's pretty close to that already, but apparently uh, the African uh, peacekeeping force uh, – basically they're saying that it will fall apart completely – which just means more death, destruction, tragedy, and horror. And by the way, this is a country, uh, again, another uh, another uh, um, documentary I think you should check out called The Ambassador. Yeah. Tell you a lot about what happens in these kind of countries, these sort of failed states in Africa, and how they are literally just a piggy bank for the larger, more colonial powers like France and the, in England and such. People are destined for just misery. Blood diamonds are coming from this part of the world. Blood diamonds. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm ready to That's move it. on to uh, one of Mahler's favorite segments of the show. Oh, yeah. What is it, Mahler? Can you whisper it in my ear? That's foul. No. Keep it down. That's right. What is it? What? Secret stuff? Yeah, secret stuff. Okay. Secret stuff. I like the way he kind of whispered that. That was uh, nice. Nicely done, yeah, Mueller. Defense you. attorneys for Army Private Bradley Manning. Bradley Manning rested their case mm-hmm. at the convicted whistleblower's sentence hearing. Mm-hmm. Manning spoke publicly for the first time in months in a statement apologizing for leaking classified documents to WikiLeaks. He said, I am sorry for the unintended consequences of my actions. When I made these decisions, I believed I was going to help people, not hurt people. Well... Yeah, it's, it's an apology of sorts, but yeah. it's not, you know, su- such I, I did the wrong thing. He said uh, he intended to help people. Well, I know. And, uh, he know, was, is... and the unintended consequences of his actions, in other words, that could also mean my getting arrested. Yeah, and, and I, I feel for this man, uh, yeah. for him on, on just a humanitarian level, putting aside however people, you or anyone else might feel about whether what he did is right or wrong. Here's a man who's facing... He's 20, what, 25, 28 years old, something like that, facing yeah. at least several decades in jail. 90 years. 90 well, up years to 90 prison. years. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he's hoping that that won't happen, but most people believe he's going to multi-decade sentencing. Yeah. And he, understandably, and from a human humanitarian point of view, is hoping for some mercy in this. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I don't know. And I, I, I so I, what bothers me about this case is... No one has proven harm in what he released. Uh, again, I go back to this idea I've always come back to, which is the only people who didn't know what was happening in the in the information that he revealed were the American people. Yeah, and so I just so I, I mean I don't know. I don't Meanwhile, Nobel happened. Committee, Nobel Prize Committee officials confirmed yeah. they received a petition signed by 100,000 people to support giving Manning the Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. That would be cool, huh? Yeah. Well, is it, would you? Maybe you wouldn't, but would you call him uh, a soon-to-be political prisoner? He's already a prisoner. Is, it, is he going to be a political—or did he do something that deserves punishment? He did He did do something that's per, apparently illegal. Well, He, he will be yeah, punished. That's true. He, he, he did violate a law. Yes. Uh, but on the other hand, he exposed the violation of laws. Right. He violated a law, and in the process— right. The only way he could expose the violation of laws was for himself to violate a law. 
he he did attempt within the within his organization to make some of this information known. He was rebuffed yep. because uh, most particularly there was a video showing an uh, an Apache attack helicopter killing a number of people and and people going to the aid of those who were wounded, killing them. Uh, this was a video that got a lot of attention because it did demonstrate apparently demonstrated this sort of callous attitude towards innocence, uh, and it got a lot of and that seems to have been. I think the kind of the crown jewel of what he released in terms of his information. Yeah. Uh, well, that was pretty disturbing, and it needed. I think it did need to be seen, uh, and we need to understand exactly what we're doing and why we're doing it. And it did help in that discussion. Uh, beyond that, um, yeah. All right. I just curious what you thought. That's what I do. John Kerry was in Brazil as part of his first trip to South America as Secretary of State. He continued to face questions over Edward Snowden's revelations that the NSA spying has extended to all of Latin America with Brazil its biggest target. Brazil continues to demand an explanation from the White House on U.S. spying in Latin America. Uh, Brazilian Foreign Minister Antonio Patriota Hmm. said the spying threatens to cast a shadow of distrust over the U.S. Brazil relationships. Mm -hmm. Also, the Guardian newspaper revealed that the NSA has a secret back door into its vast databases, allowing it to search for the emails and phone calls of U.S. citizens without a warrant. Yep. This is a previously undisclosed rule change allows the NSA operatives to hunt for individual Americans' communications using their names or other identifying information. The NSA recently said it is in the process of eliminating about 90% of the system administrators in order to limit access to secret information. So they're firing people because they have a bad policy. Way to go, Ed Snowden. Get everyone fired. Also, they uh, broke privacy rules thousands of times each year since 2008. That's according to the Washington Post, which reported that uh, they cited internal audit and other documents. Uh, This A May 2012 audit found 2,776 incidents of unauthorized collection, storage, access to, or distribution of legally protected communications. That's almost 3,000 unauthorized entries into the system. Most, and that's in 12 months. Most were unintended, they said. Many involve failures of due diligence or violations of standard operating procedure. The most serious incidents included a violation of a court order and unauthorized use of data about more than 3,000 Americans and green card holders. Yeah, that's the, there's yeah. another part of the story that, that I uh, – the leader – of there's, so people understand how this works. The NSA uh, will uh, interpret – uh, they, they submit a request, even do this. They do. They submit some sort of request to look yeah. at certain people or groups of people. Uh, it goes to a court, a secret court, that basically Ooh. until Snowden released this information, no one knew even existed. Okay, and so, and there's no one there. There's no other voices heard except what the government tells this court it wants to do. It's not like somebody says, "Well." Are you sure or why are you doing this? It seems to be kind of a rubber stamp. The leader of the secret court that is supposed to oversee this spy program says his ability to do so is limited and he must trust the government to report when it improperly spies on America. So even that, even whatever limited safeguards there are within this whole organization of spying on all of us, uh, says I don't even basically understand and completely know all of the information that I probably should have access to. So that's uh, another troubling part of all of this. 
Also in secret stuff, the White House is backing off initial reports that National Intelligence Director James Clapper will head a government review of National Security Agency spying. Steve's going to check on himself on this one. President Obama announced an independent review of the NSA's operations last week and suggested Clapper would be in charge. But I guess his name has been yeah. kind of yeah. backshelled. This is the guy that said, uh, when they asked him, are, you, are we spying on America's Americans? Not that I know of. Yeah. Not on purpose. What was that? He said, not intentionally. And then he w- later came back and said, I misunderstood the question. Sorry, yeah, we have been spying yeah. on Americans. <laughs> I've heard you answer a question that way. Yeah, well, you know, I, 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 start, I slapped it my forehead before I did it. So yeah. I, that kind of that gave me, it away. Yeah, that yeah. was a giveaway. That was a tell. All right. Yeah. And now, mm-hmm. and now is the time that we remind our viewers that they're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, on the web at KUCI.org. And Mahler, it's time for your big moment here. Come on, come on, come on Mahler. Come on, do it. Put that put that lion costume on. That's right. Get ready. Here we go. Oh, it's a lion. That's a lion. That's a That's lion. A That's why be a lion. Oh, look out for the lion. Look out for the lion. What is it, Mother? Don't, don't give it away. Drones You're a lion. News. Drones don't give it away. In the news. It's drones in the news, Mother. Break the Oh, there he goes. He, he was a lion until that. Yeah. Darn it. Well, he was good. Yeah, he was good. Yeah. Nice job. Nice, nice playing yeah, there. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Good role-playing by Mahler. Drones in the news. Mm-hmm. That was all about drones in the news, by the way. <laughs> a U.S. drone strike killed two people in Yemen on Saturday. The United States has now carried out nine drone strikes there in two weeks, killing 38 people. The surge has marked the most concentrated series of drone strikes in Yemen in more than a decade. And while Yemeni officials say the dead are suspected militants, many have not been identified. A senior Yemeni official said the number of strikes is actually 12. Well, okay. And that nearly a dozen of those killed are believed to be innocent. All right. Okay. Also, the export of British manufactured parts for American drones used in the clandestine CIA strikes in Pakistan is facing a legal challenge from a uh, group called Reprieve. The London-based human rights organization is uh, applying for a judicial review of the way in which the Department of Business, Innovation, and Skills operates government export controls. It's bringing the action on behalf of Malik Jalal, an elder of the Manzara Kel tribe who lives in Waziristan. That's We all read Waziristan. You, say, you can't say drone <laughs> without saying Waziristan. You really can't. Yeah. His region of northwest Pakistan has been attacked repeatedly by U.S. drones targeting Taliban and al-Qaeda supporters. Well, yeah. (laughs) And also just people they can't identify. Human rights groups say that Pakistani villagers are the main victims of the U.S. drone program, which is directed by the CIA. According to Reprieve, the group, a tribal gathering in the area was struck by drones in March 2011. Fifty people were killed. Several of Jalal's relatives were among the injured. And uh, that's yeah. it. If you're between 18 and 50, you have a beard and you wear a kind of a yeah. turban sort of thing. Yeah. Just you're don't, a target. Just don't live in Wisteristan. Yeah. You just got to get out. Take every, you know. Well, I hope they're successful. They're, they're trying to prevent the uh, the British from getting Yeah. No, I'm, parts I, and I apologize for that from the CIA. lame attempt at humor. No, no, no. Yeah, I, know yeah. I know. You, there's plenty of those during the show, yeah, Mike. Yeah, I know. <laughs> also in Drones in the News, the drone industry is trying to steer a wary public away. 
from using the word drone. Drone, 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 drone. It doesn't test well. No, it's talking when it's talking about you know the the unmanned aerial vehicles. They're concerned that it's scary and suggests too much violence. And this is at the. The Unmanned Space Systems Conference in in held in Washington D.C. <laughs> this week, where they had like uh, military pictures. They were giving away grenades that, when you pulled the pin on it, it vibrated. Oh, so like, like it was about to go off. <laughs> That's you know? exciting. That, and, and yet they're concerned about uh, drones are scary. Yeah, yeah. Just tell you, like yeah. yeah, the Q rating on yeah. on, uh, on drones isn't all that. We understand that, but I just don't like the idea that I can't use the word drone. It's it's a drone. You know, why not? I'm yeah. not going to say a, a UAV. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, a contraceptive device. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. And, and for example, yeah. about what we think about drones, the Florida Keys Mosquito Control District. Oh, yeah? there you go. They're evaluating the use of a small battery-powered drone to help fight their war against mosquitoes. Good for them. Yeah. They're equipping the tiny drones that weigh barely two pounds with small infrared cameras. You know, they go out there at night. Mm-hmm. They get, they know where the mosquitoes are, and then the, they go out in the day. And uh, are they shooting rockets at the mosquitoes? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah rockets. Seems like an inefficient way to go about no, it. But no, okay. pesticides. Oh, pesticides. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah. not that yeah. I like pesticides, but you get the idea. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. Would seem would seem a little crazy if they were shooting yeah. giant bombs at. Mosquitoes. Enough of these. Drones. You know what I think they they should do is they should they should start making drones with little bunny ears on them. Little to bunny. make them cute. Yeah, make them cute. Well, go, yeah, go the other way. Yeah, yeah let, we should have like a very friendly bunny called drone. You call drone. And drone-y. he's just a drone-y. Yeah, drony the bunny. Drony the bunny. Drony the bunny. Bunny the drone. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Bunny the drone. Yeah. Ah, the Pentagon announced it will start providing benefits to same-sex military families. Dun dun dun. That's what a, is this world a, coming to? That's a big deal. Well, it is because it's going it's to be a lot of money, for one thing. Not only is it a, a, a culture shift here, yeah. but for a, for a country that's not doing fine uh, economically. Yeah. But you know what they could do to fund that, if you're concerned about you know, same-sex people mm-hmm. getting benefits? What, what, what they, could, they could have taken, remember the $12 billion that they put on pallets and shipped to oh. uh, military yeah. contracts? Contractors and whatever. They lost Iraq. track of the yeah. money in yeah. Iraq, and I think yeah. it was 2003. Yeah. Yeah. They could, they could ask for that money back mm-hmm. for, to pay the same-sex uh, mm-hmm. benefits. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good idea. Uh, the thing about this, this particular edict from the Pentagon yeah. is if the people – they're allowed – they're going to allow them to get married in the military while they're in the military, yeah. right? Well, yeah, yeah. They'll be entitled to health care, housing costs, and survivor pay. Couples stationed in the states that still bar same-sex weddings. Yeah. In other words, if you're stationed somewhere, yeah. you fall in love with, with you know, your Bob, your Bob or, or, or Jane. Yeah, or Jane. Whatever. You'll you'll be granted leave to get married in states where such unions are legal. Yeah. This is a pretty remarkable. Like, I mean, know, it's it was like, just a couple. Of <laughs> you know, like the big raspberry to to all the yeah, um, all those idiot yeah. states that are yeah. But that's yeah. pretty remarkable. Three, three or four years ago, was you know you were thrown out of the military, dishonorable discharge, yeah. and now they not only are they saying it's okay to get married, they're going to actually help you get the benefits that you wouldn't get. I mean, it's yeah. it's really yeah. pretty remarkable shift. 
British Petroleum filed a lawsuit challenging its ban from U.S. government contracts following the 2010 Deepwater Horizon oil spill. The Environmental Protection Agency imposed the ban last year, citing BP's lack of business integrity. In the lawsuit, BP says the EPA abused its authority. So they're suing back. Good. 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 BP. I love BP. I love that guy that was in charge of BP. He's such a good man. Meanwhile, in North Carolina, Governor Pat McCrory signed a package of restrictions on voting rights seen by some as the harshest in the country. I'm just going to go on a litany here. Sure. The new law requires voters to present a government-issued photo ID at the polls and same-day voter registration, shrinks the early voting period by a week, eliminates pre-registration for teens who will turn 18 by Election Day, it allows any registered voter to challenge another voter's eligibility. Oh, that man. just sounds bad. That just sounds like a real bad idea. Honestly, Nathan, yeah. they just sort of ran I mean, the bases of all the stuff that every yeah. one of these Republican yeah. uh, legislators who were trying to suppress the vote, they, they included everything. Yeah. It's, it, it's it just, weakens disclosure requirements yeah. intended to identify yeah. funders behind campaign ads. Yeah. It allows political parties to receive unlimited corporate donations, yeah. and it raises the cap on individual donations. Now, wasn't this uh, this yeah. law? Wasn't it attached to a like a motorcycle helmet law? <laughs> I'm not kidding. I think it was. I think it was like a yeah. motorcycle helmet law. At one point, it was. I don't know. If oh, it maybe yeah. That maybe way. okay. Yeah. But it was like yeah. And and uh, and yeah. This is the first set of voting restrictions passed by a state since the U.S. Supreme Court struck down a key provision in the Voting Rights Act in, in June. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, the the uh, the. Democratic senator from from North Carolina is is asking the Justice Department specifically to investigate yeah. and do what they can to stop this from happening. Uh, the stop and frisk tactics used by New York City Police Department uh, uh, were ruled unconstitutional by a federal judge. I'm really yeah very disappointed. The judge wrote, <laughs> "I am." You, ahead, you like people to strip and well, to, uh, stop it's, and it's, frisk? It's it's my best move on a Saturday night. I dress up as a cop. Hang yeah. around street corners in yeah. New York and, you know, stop and frisk, baby. Sorry. The judge wrote that police have relied on a policy of indirect racial profiling, leading them to routinely stop, routinely stop blacks and Hispanics who would not have been stopped if they were white. There you go. Yeah. U.S. meatpacker Tyson Foods abruptly announced it would stop buying cattle fed with a widely used drug that can add more than 30 pounds to the average steer. Tyson, which buys about one in four of all U.S. cattle for slaughter, says it will stop purchasing livestock with the growth additive Zilmax. Mm-hmm. I usually take a, you know, a cap of Zilmax every morning to start <laughs> off my day. I don't yeah. see what the problem is. And- you are Just one. Kidding. You are one big beefy guy too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah oh. that's me. Wait. That's me. Yeah. Beefy guy. You're beefy. Yeah, <laughs> Mahler. <laughs> Don't lick your chops like that, Mahler. Jeez, gives me the creeps. Yeah. Also, Attorney General Eric Holder officially inv- unveiled a major policy shift to help certain low-level drug offenders avoid harsh mandatory minimum prison sentences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. El- I, mean, I guess Elder... Elder. Holder. Eric Holder. Mm-hmm. I put the two names together gotcha. there. Elder. Yeah. Eric Holder heard us yeah. complaining he's, about he, him. He we've, been, we've been really slamming Eric, yeah, and now he's yeah. finally coming a little bit to his sentences. The worst attorney general since John Mitchell, we were yeah. calling him at one point. <laughs> 
so he, uh, he noted that the U.S. comprises just 5% of the world's population and houses nearly a quarter of its prisoners, yeah. Among other so, things. So he, he wanted an expansion of compassionate release programs for elderly prisoners. And he also said uh, he wanted a review of racial sentencing disparities, citing a, a recent study that found black men received sentences nearly 20% longer than those imposed on white men. That is so under yeah. under um, the actual... I mean, there are so many examples where that's much, much higher than yeah. that, the yeah. 20%. Uh, he also unveiled a new policy aimed at curbing lengthy sentences for drug violations and reducing the overcrowding in U.S. prisons. Yeah. This is fantastic yeah. news. It's very, it really is an important development in terms of bringing real justice to yeah. our system. And you also, uh, he will bar prosecutors, if this goes through, from noting the specific quantity of drugs involved when drafting indictments for minor drug offenses. This is by omitting the, the number at that stage. The policy will help lower drug offenders to avoid harsh mandatory minimums triggered by certain amounts. There you go. So, you know, the, if they had an X amount of drugs, automatically they'd be locked away by for federal, 50 years. By federal law, if it's over a certain amount, they're, yeah. if they're convicted, they have to go to jail for yeah. whatever, 10, 15, yeah. 20 years. No matter what the circumstances. No matter what the circumstances. Yeah. Same with the three strikes law. I wish they would change that so that uh, it's, uh, we've effectively yeah. uh, reformed a lot of the three strikes law here in California, but it used to be the jury was not allowed to know that this, this – uh, person on trial was up for a third strike so it would they, they could convict him for a minor offense a, a relatively yeah. minor offense not knowing that he would spend 25 to life in in prison um and this is and another important component of this is the u.s sentencing commission which sets a lot of these guidelines is now taking up a review of prison terms for drug offenses so that's a big de- the, the two of those things together are a big big deal yeah. California Governor Jerry Brown signed legislation protecting the rights of transgender students mm-hmm. in the state's public schools. Mm-hmm. This it will allow uh, these students to play on any old sports team they want, uh, de- defined by the gender that they choose, mm-hmm. or however that works. They'll use bathroom facilities, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and participate in other sex-segregated activities based on their self-identified gender, as they put it. Mm-hmm. Um, James Whitey Bulger. Mm-hmm. was convicted of 11 murders. He's 83 years old. He's pretty happy about it. <laughs> no, he was. Yeah. Was he happy about it? He gave it? a thumbs up on his way out of the court because yeah, yeah. this uh, there are more, I guess, serious um, um, offenses of that he was being charged with. He was not convicted yeah. of. The 11 murders yeah. were not so serious, not so serious yeah. in his mind. Hey, so, so. what's 11 friends? Hey, hey. New York prosecutors unveiled charges against two former employees of J.P. Morgan Chase for the so-called London whale trades Mm. that cost the bank more than $6 billion in derailed financial markets worldwide. The Senate probe earlier this year accused J.P. Morgan Chase of misleading the public. And then on Wednesday, U.S. Attorney Pret Pret (laughs) Baharar announced the first charges to stem from the case. Yep, uh, they're uh, overseas right now and will face extradition. And uh, Jesse Jackson Jr. was sentenced to 30 months in prison. After pleading guilty to corruption charges, he spent more than $750,000 in campaign funds on personal items, including music memorabilia and items for his home. Yeah, items. items. You don't want items. No, you do not want to be caught with items. 
And the military contractor, CACI, or Keki, mm-hmm. as we say, mm-hmm. Keki International, is seeking legal costs from four Iraqi prisoners who unsuccessfully sued the company for their torture at Abu Ghraib. This I love just, this story. Uh, yeah, it's a great it warms story. my heart. Yeah. One of the plaintiffs, an Iraqi farmer, alleges he was caged, beaten, threatened with dogs, and given electrical shots during shocks more than during more than four years in U.S. detention. And we know those things happen, so I guess we shouldn't doubt this guy. It's yeah. too much. It's yeah. not like yeah. we never saw pictures of those things going on. Right. Meanwhile, a federal judge dismissed the case in June, citing the recent U.S. Supreme Court decision to restrict lawsuits under the Alien Tort Statute against corporations for abuses on foreign soil. So in other words, if you're a corporation, you can go over to another country, torture as much as you want, and nobody can come at you with a... a Here, from in, yeah. this is where the, the they, people... There used to be a law before the Supreme Court struck it down that allowed people in this country to sue on behalf of people who were harmed in other countries yeah. by U.S. corporations. There was some accountability. Yeah. Now the Supreme Court has eviscerated that law. Now that allowed this CICA to win this case, yeah. and now they're suing these people who they probably tortured yeah. for legal uh, for uh, money. For, for legal to, fees. To, to, legal yeah, fees. They want them to cover their legal How fees. How perverse is that, Justice? Yeah. Okay. Screw you, Khaki. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'm done. I just want real quick, one last day. thing. I don't know if this is something uh, that you uh, just want to make sure. Uh, um, okay. Well, this is a, from Tennessee. A Tennessee mother is appealing. Why do you do that, Mike? Uh, because do do I just that? wanted to it's just, it's, I want to put people in the mind. Okay, yeah. is appealing court order to change her infant's name from Messiah to Martin. Oh, yeah. The parents uh, ended up in court when they did, could not agree on uh, his last name. But the magistrate, uh, Magistrate Lou Ann Balu, uh, said that uh, they had to change his Messiah's first name, replacing with Martin. Uh, and yeah. for those who are worried about the separation of church and state, yeah. continue to be worried. Thank you. So you can't name your kid Messiah up in Tennessee. If you go yeah. to a if you go to a, ch- a children's court and your kid is named Messiah, or, yeah, be careful because they they might make you change it. They might change his name. Yeah. Oh. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of silly, don't you think? It is silly. Yeah. It's what a is, silly thing. Yeah. What do you think, Mahler? <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't say that, Mahler. Uh-huh. That was ugly. I don't know if you you heard what he said there. No, I didn't. Yeah. I was I was distracted for yeah. a second. I don't know if I want to know what he said. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't repeat that in public, Mm-mm. or even here on KCI. <laughs> and finally, yeah. Swedish men were advised against skinny dipping after a paku fish was discovered in Orsound Sound. That's in Sweden. The paku fish is living in a little sound there. You know, one of those mm-hmm. fjords, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. In between the fjords. They bite because they're hungry, said a Danish ichthyologist. And testicles fit nicely in their mouths.